Okay, okay. It's got a sick song, man. Yeah. Any guess? <laughs> I will literally <laughs> bet my I will, whole I life. I will give you a car if you can get this. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cat Stevens. <laughs> Cat Stevens? Cat Stevens. Uh, what am I to do? <laughs> that is incorrect for sure. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> this is uh, it's a song called Nature by Wayne Mason. Uh, now, the reason I picked this, okay. Next guess. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. The reason I picked this is because uh, I want to give a shout out to two people that live in New Zealand. Okay? Mm. Now, this, I searched on Google, like the top song of New Zealand or in New Zealand. All right. And on multiple websites. This song came up as the all-time top song for New Zealand. Interesting. This yeah. is like their thing. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of Wayne Mason, but it's uh, it's from 1969. Now, now looking back at it, Wayne Mason is a very New Zealand name. Is it? Yeah. Can you super s- kiwi? Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's what this the, like the album cover says Kiwiana or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the reason why I picked that is there's uh, I guess there are a couple mm. in New Zealand goes by the name of Tyler and Jade. And Tyler sent me a DM yesterday of him driving through like the beautiful mountains of New Zealand oh. with our voices oh my <laughs> playing God. in what? his car. He was listening. He li- Apparently he listens or him and his girlfriend listen to the podcast when they're on road trips at uh, just driving through New Zealand. Oh man, that's awesome. Which is mad. Sad. I've never been to New Zealand and like to see someone else just like my voice has though, which is weird. But it's weird to see someone listening to us there. I think yeah. It's so cool. With like picturesque views. Yeah. My brother sent me a video uh, on like driving on the 401 with our voices. And if you don't know what the 401 is. <laughs> oh, man. It's barely driving Just on Google there. it 401 and you'll be like, this is not New Zealand. for sure. It's like yeah. the exact opposite of what New Zealand would be. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like no mountains and like not even moving. This was yeah. all. He like did like a pan shot of just mountains and grass and like. Oh, so nice. And oh, you just hear awesome, us going, like, so anyways, there I was drinking some tea. <laughs> Number 43. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was actually a list, man. It was a list. Oh, Tyler and Jade, shout outs. Yeah. So I wanted to start off with that. Uh, there's one more shout out we have to give, mm. which is to my buddy Mark, mm. who listens in beautiful New York City. Mark from New York. Mark with a C. It's a very New York name, yeah, Mark? He, he's from here. Now, uh, he, now he lives there. Wait, is it Mark from high school, Mark? No. Uh, that guy lives in like Shanghai or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, and you know that was his middle name all this time? What? Mark from high school? Oh. <laughs> that was never his actual name. Oh. It was, you're talking about the same Mark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used a longboard guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was his middle name. Interesting. Yeah. Don't reveal his first name. That's... Yeah. Yeah, and we're not ready for a name. Mark from New York. A big name saying. reveal. Uh, yeah, Mark from New York. So he listens... And sometimes he'll send his feedback. For instance, we we kind of chirped stand-up meetings. Mm. And he's like, nah, dude, I have stand-up meetings all the time. They're great. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, he, he was totally vouching for it. It's true. I, some people love it because you don't got to have the whole meeting space and waste more time. Yeah. So shout out to him for supporting the podcast. And good That's luck to him. He's about to like do a big-ass marathon. In New York or Boston? or I don't even know, don't even man. Know. But like, I've been following his journey. He posts like a map of his run. 
he posts two things, okay? If you follow this guy, you can guarantee on getting a map of his run. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's for dinner. Every night he does a what's for dinner and he posts his meal, what's for dinner. And it's like healthy as shit, man. Damn. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, I'll follow him. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it over, but uh, he's a big fan of you, actually. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Respect, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Dan's being sarcastic or not, but. <laughs> no, no, no. He said you're very entertaining. Uh, I try. Oh, no, honestly, respect. That's amazing. Yeah. So, shout out to those guys. If you guys want to share, and I don't know if we'll do that. <laughs> guys, uh, we, I know Amar and I love to see you guys listening to the podcast. Send us a picture from wherever you're from yeah. on Twitter or Instagram. Even if it's a congested highway. Yeah. We're here. It's just super, like, motivating, you know? Yeah. Like, we, we record this. We're so invested in this, and we don't get paid to do any of this, you know? Not at all. And it's nice to see it sort of being paid back by seeing the joy that it brings some people. Yeah, and just reassuring that like it brings value to people. I think that that's oh. also important to make us keep going. And quick little thing, we're just going to dive dive even deeper on this whole podcasting and we're going to try to make it even more serious. So, yeah. Be on the lookout soon. Yeah, the sad news is like uh so we record this in my my studio uh, every week. Yeah. And this is our last one from the studio. Before we uh, we move places, but this place has been fun, man. This is where I hired my first employee. He was a great guy. His name was Amar. Oh shoot! Oh, hey man. And also, it's yeah. the same place I actually fired, fired the first, my first employee. fired my first uh, employee. His name was Amar. Oh hey Amar. He couldn't plug man for an audio jack. That was such a big an audio jack. Literally, I'm sitting there editing. Um, oh my! Sound like it was coming from a tin can. I look at the camera I'm like this friggin' guy. Because you were you were very ah, like, you were a very book. eager employee, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, can you do this? You've already done it. You yeah. know, like you're quick on the fly, everything, but almost too quick to the point that some things get skimmed over. No, I, my brain is like, complete. I'm completely losing my mind. I've been taking so many people's things. I've now taken two my weeks key. in a row. My keys. His keys. <laughs> yeah, like his keys. I'm opening my bag right now. Yesterday, I was walking out from my friend's house. Yeah, and I was like. Huh, my passport looks like pretty new. Like, oh my, my passport is like a wrinkly mess. You know, yeah. like I use it a lot. Yeah. And I was like, what is this new passport? And it turns out I took my like best friend's passport. No. Look, that's his. Super new, does, super clean. Does he know this? <laughs> yeah, I texted him yesterday. <laughs> and this is my passport. And I know by feel like what my passport looks like. Man, you're like a closet uh, kleptomaniac. Just like slowly Ugh. jacking things as you walk through a room. Yeah, it's probably the reason I have so many things. Like whenever you're like asking a random question, I'm like, hey, do you have a microphone by any chance? Yeah, I do. I just I don't do. know whose it is. So now if you ask me like, hey, do you have a passport by any chance? So yeah, I yeah, too, yeah. man. But you got to go by the name of Luai. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, okay, so today's uh, topic is actually going to be a really good one. Yeah. Recently, I've been going through the idea of, you know, wanting to change my life, but mm. also having my ego say, nah, man, it's too late. You're too old to change. People know you as Danocracy, Dan Roto. That's it. Yeah. Like, even when I did like a micro change of doing art, I felt the effects of people trying to push me back into the hole of being silly, goofy guy. Mm-hmm. I would post a serious piece and they would they would find a funny underlining or undertone. And I'm like, oh, this wasn't funny at all. Or they'd be like, haha, look at Dan trying to be all artsy. Like, not Dan trying to be artsy. Like, Dan was art and Dan is artsy. Yeah. Like, there's room for that, you know? So I've been thinking about this. And today, what I want to do is talk about uh, I, 
people that found success later in life. I know mm. the demographic for this podcast doesn't have to worry about this right now. 20s, yeah. late teens, 20s, early 30s. Um, but I know that the feeling of it being too late to change can be at any time in your life. You, c- you could be 22 and feel like, no, I've played football my whole life. My parents expect me to be this way. So I just want to show you what can be done when you apply it. For sure, because yeah, literally, uh, like I think twenty two, twenty three, I was like in fourth year, fifth year of my university, and I had like one more year of university or whatever, and I still felt that was too late to mm-hmm. graduate by twenty three, which is such a joke because I don't know at the time it felt like life or death of like oh no, I'm not gonna graduate on time, like things are gonna escape me. But right, 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 exactly that. So much time, but but we lose grasp of how long time is. Yeah, because we're so in this pressured idea of I got to be successful when I graduate, I got to make a name for myself. I got to get a job. Yeah. You know? And then when it doesn't pan out like that, because it won't pan out like that, mm-hmm. you have so many people entering the workforce every year. You're not going to get your dream job right off the bat. Yeah. Like I think that plays into it as well is people need to realize you don't go from a to B and then to C it's like you go a to a point one, a point two, yeah. maybe back to a point one, you know? And we always pick one person that like, Oh, they have it. Or she has it. Why don't I have it? Right. And then we kind of make that gap for ourselves of like, well, she did it by 25. And well, yeah, she's exceptional. Mm-hmm. You know, she's one in a million. Right. Right. So that's exactly it, though. Like, we, society really shines a light on the uh, super unique yeah. or the hyper rare. And we think, oh, that's the norm. It's yeah. like, man, it goes back to Instagram. We see these things, we think that's the norm. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, that's not. That's that's a highlight. And you do it too. Like my profile is a highlight of mine. Yeah. I look at it. I'm like, I'm not always this happy and goofy. Yeah. Um, so anyways, with that being said, I wanted to kind of go through. I figured it'd be kind of cool to go in a forum mm. and just read what non-professionals are saying I like about um, change. And, Keep it real. And is age a factor? Mm. You know? So basically this forum is, yeah, we'll go with this one. Sure. Um, they, someone asked a question at what age is too late to change your life? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me, let me just find, uh, okay. So some people are saying age has nothing to do with change. Change has to do everything with a person who wants to change or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, I know a friend who became a practicing lawyer at the age of 59. He had been a lawyer over 25 years and is still going strong. If you want to change, you can change at any age. 100 million percent. You you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, even, you know, 59 is the obvious, like, it's too late to change. But think think about it yourself right now. Like, what is the year that's too late to change? Is it 28? Is it, uh, which is my age right now, which I feel like I'm changing more this year than ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it 35? Is it 42? Like, when is the air quotes too late to change year? Well, right? I think it comes into play, like, you have to ask yourself, why do you feel it's That's too late to change? Exactly. Because I, it has nothing to do with age. We just pinpointed on that because it's the easiest thing to blame. Yeah. It's the front lines of, ah, it's because I'm old, man. No, like, no one wants old guys. Yeah. It, I used to think this about YouTube, okay? Like, I'm doing a video on this currently about how I fell out of love with YouTube. I gained weight. I, you know, I just wasn't happy in there. And then I thought, I got in this mindset of it's too late to be big again. 
Yeah. You know? And then you see people like Shane Dawson, who's 30. Yeah. And he is killing it on YouTube. There's so many creators that are older that yeah. are killing it on YouTube. You know? I'm a, I'm also keep in mind a big believer in like you could still be silly and goofy. Mm-hmm. Um and not be immature. We talked about that. For sure. Right? Like responsibility and immaturity are yeah, two yeah, different yeah. things. Um, we'll Damn, do- I have so much to say here, but keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like, there's so even YouTube-wise, right? Like, you know, people would say right now is too late to join YouTube and to make it big. Or, you know, if you're not a 22-year-old, 18-year-old YouTuber, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it big because you can't connect with the people. But like, I don't know. Peter McKinnon pretty mm. much changed the whole game with photography, right? And he, I think he was like 30-something when he joined in. Yeah. And it's like those 10 years prior to, he was just photographing and doing videography and really honing in on the skills that made him super famous and blow up really well, right? Yeah. I think a lot of it comes, especially in the YouTube one, is people want to be famous. Yeah. It's sometimes scary because I see, like some of my followers... I'll see their their pages sometimes, right? And I see them so badly wanting to be famous. Yeah. And their immediate route is to go to these social media platforms or apps. And it's like, it's it's sort of scary to me because I know, I know what it's like to have that feeling. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to have uh, uh, some sense of fame. Yeah. And I know that it it's not it didn't answer anything that I originally wanted. My mom sent me this. Um, little document that I had as a kid mm. and like not document document it's not like a businessman <laughs> do- doc yeah <laughs> I uh it was a, it was a, something I wrote or drew in school where basically it said I want to I need to be mm. when can like you know just sort of future thinking yeah and one of them was I want to be famous and my mom laughed and again I use that word loosely famous but I think fame is a scale yeah and I get recognized when I go out so I do classify that as a degree of fame. Sure. Um, and this, to experience it is great, but it doesn't fill the void of wanting to be loved or anything like that. Of course. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyways, when I I look at my career, and I think a lot of people think I've always just done this. I was a garbage man before this, mm. briefly, like for a summer. Mm. I worked in a warehouse. Um, I, I worked at a skate shop, worked at a sports store. None of them being on the path to where I am now for sure you know but, but did you ever I don't know did you ever kind of know that this is the path you want to take like has there ever been a moment when you're like let's say when everyone a few years ago would say oh Dan's just goofy or silly or whatever yeah, right yeah. an invisible trait of you mm-hmm. is that no I can be pretty deep right, right. But you kind of never like show that outwards right right so were there moments when you knew the track, you knew the path you wanted to take and you weren't showing it to others? Does that make sense? So I wasn't showing it to others? What, because of fear? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, that definitely plays a role in it. Like, I there's a lot of things I'd love to do, but I'm scared of what people would think, you know? Yeah. Um, not so much anymore because now I've, I've, I've really worked towards not pigeonholing myself for one thing Mm. it goes for anybody like you don't have to be one thing i find it difficult like i could sympathize for people out there that are listening now that struggle with taking the first step 
because yeah. I still go to the gym every morning. And today, like, you know, I'm still so awkward in this gym. And I think it was because I started it. I leave my ego completely at the door. Yeah. So the confidence of Danocracy does not come in that, that room with me. And it's very bizarre because I, I'm awkward, man. I don't know how to function without Danocracy. It's, that is my alter ego. Yeah. And when I don't bring that places, the awkwardness of Dan Roto is there. So, yeah. like, today, the Derek, who we've had on here, was like, yeah. hey, man, what's your background? I'm like, Maltese. And he's like, oh, like, you like figs, eh? I'm like, uh, not really. Like, <laughs> like not really playing into the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God, man. <laughs> but but I'm there to work out. But I, I do wish that I was a little bit different in there. And yeah. I'm one day I'll get there, but, but I feel like sometimes when you when you check your ego at the door, though it's harder, right? Right. You're also like building that muscle almost of like being more vulnerable or being who being Dan Roto. Yeah, being Dan Roto, right? And like checking yeah. Danocracy out, yeah, and working on the Dan Roto part, you know? Yeah. Who knows? A year from now, you might say, "Yeah, I do like figs." How about you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that about myself. Uh, there's a show on Am uh, Amazon Prime, yeah. called Modern Love. You heard about it? No. It's like eight episodes. Each one follows a different story that was written in the New York Times about a love story. Nice. They, they turn them into mini episodes. Beautiful series. And there's this one um, that's... Oh, my God. just slipped my mind. Oh, man. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Come on. <laughs> it was... Uh, a really, oh, really good episode. So it was episode three with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. She stars in it. It's about this woman with bipolar and she like totally owns life when she's manic. Mm. But when she's depressed and when she's down, she can't function. So she's making up for all the time that she's down when she's manic, but it's, it's this wave. It's this roller coaster, Damn. right? And so there's a quote in there where she's watching this Hollywood starlet on TV. Um, oh God, I can't remember, but I'll, I'll say it. Uh, and she's like, let's say the the Scarlett Johansson. The, the performer's name was like yeah. Gail, okay? Sure. But we'll say Scarlett Johansson. Uh, so she said, when people go to bed with me, they get Gail, but they wake up with mm. me. And it's the same mentality sometimes that affects people when they feel pigeonholed is that uh, you can only be one way. Yeah. And so if you meet somebody under that, that umbrella of, let's take me, Danocracy. If I meet somebody in the element of Danocracy... I wake up as Dan Roto, and it's like, I can't put it on, man. Yeah. It's really difficult, and it's it, that's the challenge I have. So That's crazy. Now what I want to do is go through, we have 14 people here that have made their crazy success later in life. Mm. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. How far along we get. How far along we get. Yeah. yeah. It is inspiring, though. This is the stuff that I always think about when I feel like, no, nah, I can't do that. I wonder yeah. why I can't do that. Okay, number one, Martha Stewart. Huh. Which is weird because a lot of people hear Martha Stewart and we're like, she's been around forever. Yeah. No. Uh, Martha Stewart had worked on Wall Street and she owned a Connecticut catering firm, which is weird to think of catering in a firm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But her real success came after the age of, take a guess. When I say 47. 41. Mm. With the publication of her first book, Entertaining. And the launch of Martha Stewart living seven years later. Damn. Oh, so she... 41, yeah. man. That's, yeah, that's odd. Yeah, and it does feel like she's been around forever. Like, even when we were kids, it was like, uh, Martha Stewart. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. painting, you're like mini Martha Stewart, you know? Maybe. But she's also outlasted this whole, like, this whole life. 
that I was like, where? Well, yeah, how did she become famous? That's interesting. Yeah, I don't really even really know her backstory to be honest. So cookbook is that what, or is that a cookbook, or is it just catering or entertaining? Entertaining. It's just called entertaining. Makes sense. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure like what that <laughs> yeah, would yeah, mean. Yeah. Um, but Martha Stewart. Yeah. Pull up. Okay. Let's turn this music off. Let's get something a little bit more inspiring. Mm. How about this one? Is this too cheesy? You tell me. <laughs> it may be a little yeah, bit. Yeah, cheesy. Eh? <laughs> a little cheesy. This is the problem of being a creator. You get these platforms, right? Yeah. Where it's all copyright clear music. And it's all the same-ish. Like, Okay, we'll do this, but don't try not to cry. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Hold it in. Joy Behar. Yeah. She's known today as a former co-host of The View. Remember Joy? She had like the flipped out hair. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 sure. Um, she was a high school English teacher who didn't launch her show business career until after the age of 40. Damn. Like, how'd what? she get in? Did- I don't know. I, don't, I, I know like a sentence of how they made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are great and questions, man. Joy Behar. Yeah, she, yeah. We all know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Wait, wait, you're coming on the show. You're coming yeah, to The yeah. View. I don't think so. On to the next one. <laughs> anyway. Damn. Number three. Would you like to say this one? Oh, is it the one I already know? It's so funny. I like, already guessed it. I was like, oh, a list of people who made it late in life. Vera <laughs> Wang, for sure. Vera <laughs> Wang was there. <laughs> is it Vera Wang? Well, he said Vera Wang, but you also said Alexander Wang. Alexander Wang, too. Who's that? He's also another designer. Oh, he is? Yeah, oh, okay. Both. I was going to make it. Okay. They're both high-end designers. Okay. So Vera Wang. Yeah was first known as an accomplished figure skater and a fashion editor before deciding... Okay, whoever wrote this, before desi- deciding before her 1989 wedding mm-hmm. at age 40 yeah. that she wanted to be a designer. So she commissioned her own wedding dress for $10,000 and opened her first bridal boutique that following year. Yeah, this is a... So, just as a risk thing, Vera Wang, Vera Wang, Vera Wang, yeah. um, wanted to be an Olympian figure skater. And I think she almost got there. And um, then she apparently, I don't know, in one interview, she was like, I risked it all. Because literally, imagine you're getting married, you're, waste, you're spending a lot of money. And the year before you get married, you completely switch careers. Jeez. Like you, you start your own business. Like that, that is hectic. Doesn't that piss you off though? Like, she's oozing with talent that she could have been in the Olympics yeah. or a world-famous designer. Yeah. Like that, for me, it's like I could either work at McDonald's or I could, Seriously. like, you know? But I do find weddings are a lot of times when, like, women do a little change-up of their career because they see how lucrative something that they love could be. What? Yes. Whether it's wedding photography, whether it's, um, you know. That's a big one, man. It's if huge. I had a nickel for every time I know someone that became a wedding photographer on my Facebook, geez, man. Because they get married and they're like, yeah, it'll be uh, $10,000 for a wedding photography. And like, what? I could do this. And all they yeah. see is like some guy taking pictures and they think, you know, and they end up with like 20 pictures and like, oh, I could have done this for $10,000. Yeah. No way. No way. And same thing with like Pinteresty type stuff and all that. So, um, I mean, yeah, to, to the wedding topic, I think also there's this pressure of the next chapter of your life is starting. Yeah. So that's why there's this pressure of, do you have any regrets? Like internally we ask, do we have any regrets before we start a life with someone else yeah. forever and ever? And you secured the bag. You yeah. secured the girl or you the did. guy. Yeah. So like they better love you for uh, better or for worse. You don't have to impress them anymore. 
switch up to something of your dreams. When are you going to get married? Uh, 33. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the answer I thought I'd get yeah, from you. Yeah. Because a while ago you said you it's have a life. baby. Yeah, you have a life. <laughs> this guy's like, oh, when did I book that? Uh, 33. 33. That's what it was. Siri, when am I going to get married? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be lonely forever, bitch. <laughs> Shit. All right, number four. Yeah. Tim and Nina Zag Zagat. Zagat. Oh, Zagat. Yeah, from the Zagat like magazine, the food magazine. Uh, they also have an app called Zagat. Wow. Yeah. You should be the one reading this. <laughs> you know these <laughs> no, no, no. It's better that I don't read it because then, you know. <laughs> this is impressive, though. Yeah, Zagat. Um, it's a husband and wife team mm. who had each turned 42 before they gave up their legal careers to write their first restaurant guide. They're, they're eponymous company. Is part of a Google now. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. The guy is like, yeah, super. It's a good guide. It's basically for a lot of big cities. There's a Zagat kind of like thing of guide of where to eat in the city. Um, and it's pretty special. And people that one love is it. like extra inspiring, to be honest. Like, because they left their legal careers. Yeah. Like, do you know how hard it is to throw away something you've been working your whole life for, for to sure. risk it for something you may not know works? Like, yeah, I don't like you really got to be. It's a mindset, man. All in or nothing. Yes, but to play devil's advocate here, um, a lot of you know, I, I know it's gonna sound a lot easier because you know, legal career they're probably rich, loaded, right? Yeah. And I, again, I'm totally BSing this whole thing, but they probably. You know, went on a lot of lunches and a lot of dinners to entertain people, to entertain clients. And they probably knew what the best places were. Mm -hmm. And then someone was like, oh, you should do this. And then, you know, they probably had enough money saved up that they can live securely. I, I guarantee it probably started Maybe. that way. I don't know. But the fact that... That you could you take wait, that risk. That you could take that risk. Like at 42, you still have quite a bit of career left at 42. Yeah, man. And to give that up to risk it for a restaurant guide that may not even be a lucrative career. It's true. Like, that's impressive that they were and actually... And you both go in. It's not like... Yeah, like, honey, you you keep the money coming in and I'll screw, like, I'll screw yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, no, I don't know. That's That one's too scary for me. Been impressive. Mm. Number five. Robin Chase. At the age of 40. Robin Chase. And this music, though. Robin Chase. Sounds like a porn star. Uh, who's Robin Chase? The founder and former CEO of Zipcar. Oh, snap. Had left her... Oh, sorry. It was a few... My apologies as a girl. Uh, her 40th birthday in the rearview mirror and was taking time off from work to be with her children when she and a friend came up with the idea for the car sharing company in the year 2000. Damn. That's... That right there is... Um, they found a need, yeah, and they addressed it themselves. Yeah. Incredible, Robin Chase, and that's like you know that type of risk. By the way, that's a thing that people will trash talk all the time. It's like, what you're gonna start a car rental company? There's a million of those, and they're all like mammoths. You oh know, yeah, like, yeah. Like what you're gonna take down budget? Yeah, like they're now part of enterprise. That's like very narrow-minded thinking when people say that. Exactly. Because think about Airbnb. Yeah. Like, oh, we already have hotels in every block. Why would people want to rent out their own place? Yeah. Well, look at it now. It's like way bigger than the hotel industry. Yeah. You know? All right, number six. Harlan Sanders. 
Sanders was a, in quotation. Oh, is this KFC? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, his name's Harland. Harland, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, KFC started in Mississauga. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. Swear to God. No, no, no. Mississippi. <laughs> Mississauga, Ontario. Colonel Sanders lived in Mississauga, Ontario by Dixie Stop. Mall. Stop. Yeah, yeah. My bro- so my brother bought a house, and around his house, there's a house that will have a KFC bucket in their windowsill at all times, because that's where he lived. I'm going to pull that up. This is, I don't know if this is, like, this is amazingly true, or, like, just bros in Mississauga. No. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, By the way, Colonel Sanders was, like, old. He was, like, 60-something. Here we go. Here we go. Colonel Sanders, okay? So, anyways, he will, let me talk about his story first, and we'll get Mississauga tie-in. Um, so Harlan Sanders was in quotations, a failure who got fired from a dozen jobs before starting his restaurant and then failed at that when he went out of business and found himself broke at the age of 65. Yo, I guess that review did the you? tips. I just said 65. Did I'm you? sick. Anyways, um, <laughs> according to one account, uh, that was what that was. Yeah. Uh, but then things worked out when he sold his first Kentucky fried chicken franchise in 1952. Now, let me bring up the Mississauga tie-in here, okay? Yeah. And while I look for that, now KFC has really gone down to Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. Here we go. So, so he sold his first franchise in 1952. In 1965, Sanders moved to Mississauga, Ontario to, My over, to oversee his Canadian franchises and continue to collect franchises and appearance fees both in Canada and the U.S. Sanders bought and lived in a bungalow at 1337 Melton Drive in the Lakeview area of Mississauga. He lived there from 65 to 1980. Damn. Okay, that's 15 years. And he was, he was also making appearances. That's honestly, if I was Colonel Sanders, I'd just make appearances at places. Who would have thought? Like, Because here in Canada, <laughs> the commercials incredible. for KFC are like, eh, Kentucky, I'm a Southern guy. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. The fact that he lived 15 years just down the road. A Mississauga man. Blew your mind, man. Wow. Check that out. I wasn't believing it until you said bungalow. I was like, yeah, that's the whole area. It's just bungalow. Yeah. Damn. Pretty nuts, man. I'm going to eat more kips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven. Ooh, I like this one. These Rumsicle. are all. This is all, yeah. yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. The late, great comedic actor was best known for his roles in the 1980s movies like Caddyshack and Back to School. But when he was 46, but he was 46, before he got his first big break on the Ed Sullivan Show. Ah. 46. You could still be funny at 46. I mean, I don't know on Dangerfield, but yeah, like, it's kind of like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jackson. What's Michael that? Jackson? Nope. William. What the fuck? Jackson. I'm so sorry. Never mind. Keep going, everyone. Proceed. <laughs> As he curls into a ball. <laughs> yeah, for real. Number eight, Duncan Hines. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel, Samuel Jackson. L. Jackson. Yeah, he was late boomer. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Anyways. Oh, you just spoiled the list. Thanks a lot for that, Amar. I know. You got it. <laughs> Wait, who's next? <laughs> uh, number eight is Duncan Hines. Oh, yeah, yeah. At age 55, he wrote his first food and hotel guide, including one that mentions Sanders Court and Cafe, the original restaurant, Owned by Harlan Sanders. Hmm. That was a side note. At age 73, he licensed the rights 
to use his name to the company that developed Duncan Hines cake mixes. And unfortunately, he died six years later, though. What? He just gave them the name? Were you, were you thinking of the ketchup, Hines? No, I no, no the cake mix. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's spelt H-I-N-E-S. Wait, so his success was that he f- gave them the name? His name? It says, at age 73, he licensed the right to use his name to the company that developed Duncan Hines cake mixes. Interesting. The only, you know, yeah. I mean, like you just give him the name. No, but he licensed it. So he's making money. No, no, he's making money for sure. I'm not doubting that he's making money. He's just like, it's just your name. His name's a... Like, it's not like, uh, no, like... no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, d- he licensed the right. I'm shitting on these people. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's not a big deal. <laughs> Screw this guy. He, he licensed the right to use his name to the company that developed Duncan Hines cake mixes. So it's still his product. Yeah, fair. It's That's still, fine. Okay, it's still his product. That's fine. <laughs> I guess Martha Stewart licenses her name all over for Hell yeah. If you could stuff. license a Mars... Of course, I would. Ass I would wipes. Like, yeah, yeah. For sure. I would 100%. Dan, yeah. Dan's ass wipes? That'd be sick. Yeah, well, I think you'd be living with this whole, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I just give him the name. It's, you know... No, but I would use the product, too. For sure, I'd be happy about it, but I'd be—I'd feel like I'm a complete failure for because like it's not my product. Like I just gave him a name. Yeah, but you created the brand that that people trust the name. Yeah, that's fair. Like, that's a yeah. If that's you go to the good. store and you see uh, Aunt Jemima's ass wipes, but you see Dan's ass wipes, and you know, yeah, Dan's ass wipes, you're gonna buy that one for sure because of the name it's trusted. <laughs> All right, let's see what In our ass. Our next piece. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's ass is trusted in the ass industry. See, okay, this is, um, oh, this one's a little dark. A little jungle beat. Yeah. All right. If you look to your left, you'll <laughs> see two monkeys going at it. Going ham on that ass. <laughs> clapping cheeks. Okay, number, number nine, Charles Darwin. Oh, yeah, my brother. He was 50 years old. This is actually super convenient, eh? This is like very evolution style. <laughs> yeah, music. very evolutionary, right? He was 50 years old before he published the On the Origin of the Species in 1859. The book then espoused the theory for which he's best known today. The Darwin Awards came much later. But so he was 50 when he originally published his theory about evolution. Yeah, something I've learned is that, you know, you can win in the short term, but winning in the long term, that requires a lot of time. Like, if you want to be this super famous YouTuber at age 18, right? You're going for the short-term win and it might last two, three years. Yeah. And you got nothing else after exactly. that. Exactly. Right? But if you really want to make it big, you got to have that persistence. You got to have that patience. Uh, to, yeah, to 100%. Make it. I didn't mean to put this music on, but like, this is like very like hotel lobby. <laughs> I hope it does. Oh, who's next? Oh. Oh. Your, your guy. Samuel L. Jackson? Hey! All right, next Bob here. That one's too corny. Number 10, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson, 46 years old and in recovery from addiction to cocaine and heroin. Whoa. Before he starred alongside John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Whoa. I did not know any of that, actually. That's amazing. 46, man. 46. A lot of people listening aren't even halfway there yet. Yeah. And you could start an entire Hollywood career. Anything is possible, guys. And some of the best, one of the best Hollywood careers. Like, the, you know, you look at Samuel L. Jackson, yeah, and you're like, A-list, man. this guy has been 
He's been doing it since he was 22. Yeah. Nope. Not true. Not true. 46. He was doing cocaine and heroin before that. It's wow. just nuts. Like, imagine, like, he he quit. Bef- like, you know, at age 44, 45, he was like, all right, man, at some point I'm going to have to drop this. This dream of becoming an actor. You yeah, know? Yeah, 100%. Like, no one's going to take me in. I'm, uh, I'm addicted to heroin. I'm addicted to cocaine. Crack or cocaine? Anyways, okay. whatever. Cocaine. Um, uh, you know, and like if he had quit, imagine it, uh, there would be no Samuel Jackson, no snakes on a plane, no snakes on motherfucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> Number eleven, we got Donald Fisher. At the age of forty-one, I'm gonna guess he's Fisher the, Price. You know what it is? Um, I don't know. After a series that. of entrepreneurial ventures, Fisher and his wife Doris Fisher founded the Gap. It's now, oh my God, it's now a $16 billion a year company with more than 3,200 locations worldwide. Wow. 41, he made the gap. Wait, wait, 41? Yeah. Shh. You know what? The, okay, here's the trend here. A lot of these are in happening the in their 40s or 50s, which is when a midlife crisis, as people like to call it, happened. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how much, how much shit these guys dealt with with other people saying it's a midlife crisis? Just let him do his thing. Yeah. Let him start the gap. It's fine. This is a sixteen <laughs> he billion wants to dollar. Make hoodies. Yeah. Let him make hoodies. Just let him do it. He only has <laughs> half a life left. Like unreal. That one. That one is shocking to me. Yeah, that's amazing. Forty-one. How inspiring are these, man? I love these. Uh, number twelve, Ray Kroc. Kroc mm. has passed his fiftieth birthday. That's our guy. Before he bought the first F Sanders. McDonald's. Yeah, man. In 1961, which he ultimately expanded into a worldwide conglomerate. Sorry, how much? How old was he? He was f- just past his 50th birthday. To make the biggest brand on earth. Now, we know the backstory of McDonald's just because of the movie, The Founder. Yeah. Um, and he kind of screwed them. Yeah. If you think about it. But there's, there's the... the, the but you could still screw your way to the top at 52. <laughs> <laughs> Almost literally, <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> but uh, he he took what they were doing nothing with, essentially. They yeah. were remaining small, and he brought it to the big time. For sure. Without him, McDonald's would not be where it is, you know? But still, he did it after the age of 50. Crazy. Incredible. Oh, here's this is uh, the monster. Number 13, Sam Walton. Oh. Although he owned a small chain of discount stores... Walton opened the first true Walmart in 1962 when he was 44. Mr. Sam Walton, 44. Crazy. I mean, opening a store at 44 seems seems right, you know? Yeah. But I'm still hooked on that the whole gap thing. Like, so, yeah. For a middle-aged man and woman to be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start selling hoodies. That's a hard move, man. Of course, and especially because it's before market, the it's internet, marketed towards the youth, right? And before the internet, like how are you gonna blow up? Yeah, yeah, that's true. No online shipping, like you literally had to like sell it. Sixteen billion dollars a year. Jeez. Uh, so Sam Walton, here's just some quick fun facts about Walmart that I pulled up. Yeah, Walmart is the world's largest company for sure. They have a huge share of the American grocery market. They weren't successful in Germany. Not sure why, why that's here. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> um, the modern-day Walmart Museum used to be a Walton store. Anyways, uh, needless to say, it is the world's largest company. 
And Sam Walton created the world's largest company at the age of 44, which yeah. I've also heard that Walmart has more money than the country of Poland. Yeah. I know Walmart's huge. I'm going to fact check on the whole biggest in the world because I'm pretty sure it's Apple or Amazon. I thought it was Apple too, to be honest. But it's probably like a, just like a three, three years old or four years old, the article. Yeah, let me see. It was two years old. There it is. It might, but still, yeah. Let me see. Uh, world's largest company. I'm going to go with Apple and Amazon battling it at the top at just over a trillion dollars. What? It's incredible, bro. Wow. This is, uh, oh, this list is definitely too old. Because Walmart's not even on there. <laughs> Walmart maybe, maybe to, but I think it's, I don't know, I don't know whatever. Maybe they just own, I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a subcategory <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um. All right, next one. That, w- that was the, the big guy, this this group. And 14. Oh, don't like this one. It's like murdery. Yeah, gotta make that money. Yeah, this is like 1962 movie yeah. about murder. Julia Child. Her first cookbook was published when she was 39. She made her television debut in The French Chef at the age of 51. So wow. she did it twice. She did it twice. 39, she published her first book, and then she made her TV debut at 51. And Julia Child, man, she's like the mom of all this, of all the uh, all the cooking shows and stuff. Amazing. JC, baby. Good Crushed. old. <laughs> so you guys have it. That is, uh, that, that's 14 people who found crazy success later in life. Yeah. Um, that's not the only ones, of course, but those are just... Um, samples of what people have done and why when you tell yourself or you go down the route of I'm I'm too old you have to stop that immediately before it kind of grows into something that starts to actually change your thought process yeah and it's a very cancerous thought 100% you, you think that once and then you're going to say no what's the point man there's going to be someone younger better looking than me yeah. screw it man like you, you, you can't be toxic yeah, because the younger people are like, no, I don't have enough experience. Yes. So they're probably, they probably want to be you with uh, so much experience. And you probably want to be them because they want to be younger. And my other tip is don't just pigeonhole yourself, but also know how shitty it feels when someone pigeonholes you. Oh, you're just a funny guy. Oh, you're just these, uh, you know, you're just a teacher. You're just a mom. You're just this, right? Right. That sucks. So... A, don't believe it. B, don't put that on other people. Don't look at your teacher and look at her or him as just a teacher. Yes, man. Or that that they've already settled down. You know how many kids, and I'm guilty of this too. Yeah. When you're in school, you look at a teacher thinking like, oh, they're just living this mundane life as a teacher. That's Are you it. kidding me? They could be the next TV host of The View. 100%. Like, don't, don't count them out. They're not down and out just because they've been at their job for 30 years or, or they're not 30. That means they would start teaching yeah. at 10 if they're 40. Um, but don't don't count them out so quick. Yeah, because this feeling is so universal that we all have of like, I want to be this, but it would be weird for my friends to see me as this, right? So whether it's your teacher, whether it's your friends, whether it's your yeah. mom, dad, you know, literally your mom and dad could be the gap people. 100%. So don't make fun of them if they're like, I'm trying to make hoodies. Pol- polishing bottle caps in the garage <laughs> yeah. or something, you know? I don't know. It's it's This whole episode has been an inspiring one. I actually know people that are so, like, I hear them have a good idea, and they, they just 
go for it, man. Like no, no second guess, no stopping. So jealous. And I'm like, you're so inspiring. They're like, yeah, I started this. I'm going to start doing this class. I'm like, wow, man. Like Incredible. for me, I'm just like, what's my next viral video? <laughs> <laughs> no, but even for me, like I, I wanted to get into podcasting. So I started this. Like yeah. it can happen in micro ways. For sure. Like maybe this podcast will be a $16 billion a year thing. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> All right. Screw me, right? <laughs> No, I'm here for it. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this podcast goes, especially now because coming up, we're trying to like brand it. We're going to, you know, we're going to go pretty heavy. We're going to go pretty strong. We're going to Darwin it. It's going to evolve, baby. Yeah. All right. Don't be afraid to change, guys, because you can make some serious money, money, money. I love you guys. All right. That was very like, you said every letter. I I love love you guys. guys. All right. Take care, my, 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 my people. My peoples. <laughs> <laughs>